Dominic McKinley is set to announce his college decision tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Central. Will it be the Longhorns? Will it be somebody other than the Longhorns? We discuss. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we're discussing Longhorn priority target Dominic McKinley making his college decision tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Central. Then in the second segment, 32 former Longhorns on NFL rosters, and we give all 32 their shine. And then the last segment, it's been a while since I got some of your YouTube comments and responded to them live, reacted to them on the show, but a couple days away from football season, I got one more in me, right? So uh, we're going to read those and react to them on the show in the third segment. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. every. It's been a busy couple of days here on Locked On Longhorns. We have put out four episodes now in two days. Uh, yesterday on Wednesday, we did the second annual Locked On Longhorns Fantasy Draft, so go check that out. It's cut into two different episodes on my YouTube channel. I did that with Nick Battle from Nino's Corner Sports. Make sure you're subscribed to him as well for really good Texas content. Um, I should have did it as a live show like I did last year, just kind of ran out of time. That's poor planning on my part. It would probably make more sense to do it as a live show, so I'll keep that in mind uh, for next season. But still, really good content. Make sure you go check that out. And then earlier today, right, this will be coming out about 6 p.m. on YouTube. Not sure when I'll drop it on audio, right? But I had another episode come out earlier today with Kyle Umlang predicting every game on the Texas schedule this year. So a lot of great content from Locked on Longhorns the last two days. Please check that out. And if you're ready for a season filled with great content from Locked on Longhorns, please download, uh, you know, set your automatic downloads on audio uh, and subscribe on YouTube. And I'm grateful for the support on whatever platform it's on, right? And like I said, I'm ready for a fun season, hopefully a season that ends in some type of championship for the 2023 Texas Longhorns. And we're talking about Dominic McKinley, um, and he is a priority target. And, you know, I'm not sure if he's a five-star, was a five-star at one point, maybe a five-star on some sites and not the others. I don't know. <laughs> he's a really good player, a top 40 player in the country, and somebody I think that the Longhorns desperately need in this 2024 class. 6'5", 280 out of Lafayette, Louisiana, just a big man, in that interior, probably bigger than 280. But if he's not, he definitely has the frame uh, to add size going into his senior year of high school. And I think he's just the type of player that you win with up front and win with in the SEC. And so obviously this is a huge priority target for the University of Texas and the other schools that are recruiting him. And, you know, we're hoping that he puts that Texas hat on uh, tomorrow when he announces his decision. Now, I would say about a month ago, maybe a little bit less than a month, you know, when Colin Simmons announced, I think on August 10th, there was a lot of momentum, you know, around this Texas football team and this recruiting class. Right. And you thought that, you know, similar to what happened last year, bringing in Arch Manning, when you got that commitment from Colin Simmons, that the dominoes would start to fall. Right. And at least from what we heard, we thought that would be the case. Right. Kobe Black, who had been locked into Texas for a while, it seems like, announced his 
top five and we felt like okay maybe we were getting closer to a decision there we started hearing a lot more about brandon baker the offensive tackle from california that texas could be a real possibility for him uh we started to hear about dominic mckinley out of louisiana where a lot of people thought that lsu would be the school ultimately to reel him in we started hearing that texas was the leader in that recruitment and texas had a real chance to bring him in and then, of course, you were talking to, you know, Micah Hudson and Ryan Wingo, two five-star receivers, Wardell Mack at that time. You just really felt like Texas was on the verge of doing what they did in 2023, going on a crazy run and ended up one, ending up with one of the best, you know, recruiting classes in this year's cycle, right? I was trying to figure out how to word that really quickly, and it all came together, thankfully, right? You're trying to get one of the best recruiting classes, once again, in this year's cycle. And you still have more than enough opportunity to do that, right? But right after Colin Simmons committed, Wardell Mack, who was a huge target, committed to Florida, right? Right out of the state of Texas. And now with Dominic McKinley announcing tomorrow, all of that momentum, it felt like we had a month ago, it seems to have disappeared very quickly. And now people are saying it seems like a battle between Oklahoma and Texas A&M ahead of his decision tomorrow, which I think would be a huge blow for the Texas Longhorns. So outside of Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, LSU and Ohio State are also in the mix. And we've heard a lot with Dominic McKinley about family and school being two big factors in his decision. Now, recruiting is crazy to me. It's always been crazy. And I knew it was crazy for sure yesterday when I saw Texas fans and fans of other schools online talking about their computer science programs and ranking their computer science programs and Twitter spaces. Like we're talking about a football player at the end of the day. Like he's going where he can play the best brand of football, right? I'm pretty sure he's not as worried about the computer science program as fans are on Twitter that are hoping he announces their school, right? And then they also talked about the religion, which I think is a huge thing and, you know, a reason that some schools may be ahead of others right now. But ultimately, like I said, this is a football decision, right? This is not a computer science or a religion decision. So, like I said, all the fans online ranking computer science programs, let's just sit back and wait and see what happens tomorrow when he announces his decision. But I think this is a player, a huge player, literally, in terms of stature, like I said, the type of player that wins up front in the trenches in the SEC. But he's a huge need on this roster because I think we've been able to recruit every position at a high level on this Texas football team, but interior defensive line and tight end since Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have taken over. And when you look at the future of this position, there are a lot of positions on this Texas football team where you could say, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the future of the wide receiver position. I'm excited about the future of the quarterback position, running back, et cetera, et cetera. Can you really look at this defensive line room and say the same? Can you look at can you look at this defensive line room and say, I'm excited about the future and what we have moving forward? I'm not sure, because after this year, you're probably going to lose to Vondre Sweat, Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins. Those are your three alphas in that room right now. And you could lose Vernon Broughton, who has been on campus since 2020. You will have Sadir Mitchell, but we haven't seen anything on the field yet. That would tell us that that is going to be an asset for the Longhorns as early as next year in the SEC. We've heard good things about Trill Carter, but the same thing. And I'm a big believer. There's a reason he was in the transfer portal, right? It's hard to find big body, you know, supplemental productive guys like that in the transfer portal. Not saying that Trill Carter won't be productive for the Longhorns because I think he will be. I just think there's a possibly a ceiling to how productive he'll be with Texas. And then Aaron Bryant, same thing. We haven't seen enough to say he's going to be an asset for the Longhorns next year 
in the interior defensive line in the SEC. You also have some players that are tweeners, you know, maybe Christopher Ross, Jare Bledsoe. But like I said, I haven't heard enough yet to say, oh, okay, they're going to have a huge role this year or next year on this Texas football team. And then when you look at the 2024 recruiting class, you brought in Alex January, Melvin Hills, DeAndre Robinson. And look, I'm a Texas fan. I'm hoping all of these players turn into, you know, uh, Aaron Donald and uh, uh, what's the name for the, the, the Chiefs? Chris Jones up front. Like, I'm hoping all of them turn into future all pros in the NFL. And DeAndre Robinson, I've heard a lot of people say that he is underrated by recruiting sites. And I can believe somebody that has 62 offers from pretty much every major school in the country might be, you know, underrated by recruiting sites when he's not even a top 300 player in the country, according to 24-7. Alex January and Melvin Hills are not top 300 players in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Dominic McKinley is a top 40 player in the country. It's just different. And like I said, we could talk about all of the times that they've got it wrong but we would have to talk about the million times more that they got it right, right? Based on the recruiting rankings, I'm just expecting Dominic McKinley to be in a different tier when he gets to college. That's not going to guarantee that that's going to happen, but it happens way more than it does it. Dominic McKinley, to me, is just a different type of player. The type of player Texas has been missing for a long time on that interior and the type of player that you win with in the SEC. And you cannot allow a player like Dominic McKinley, who a month ago you felt like was a lot to come to Texas to go to two of your biggest rivals in Texas A&M or Oklahoma, one of your biggest rivals now in the SEC, it seems, at least in terms of recruiting in LSU and a team you'll have to play against or Ohio State, who seems like they're kind of out of it. But still, how many players have we lost in this region and in this area to Ohio State over the years? Regardless, you need to make sure that Dominic McKinley is in a Texas jersey. And over the last month, as the days have passed, it felt like that has become less and less of a reality, which sucks, right? Because he's a really good player at a position that is in dire need right now on this Texas football team, if you're talking about the future, especially going into the SEC. And I want to talk about Bo Davis really quickly, because like I said, we can look at almost every position on this football team and say they've recruited at a high level or they've brought in a really good player at that level since Steve Sarkeesian took over. Quarterback, Arch Manning, right? And Quinn Ewers, running back, Cedric Baxter, wide receiver, Jonte Cook, offensive line, Kelvin Banks and DJ Campbell, edge position, Colin Simmons, linebacker, Anthony Hill, corner, Malik Muhammad, safety, Derek Williams. We haven't brought in the tight ends, you know, of that caliber. But Jeff Banks beat the allegations for me when Colin Simmons came out and said that he was his primary recruiter. That might have been the most shocking thing I've heard in 2023, right? So even though we haven't brought in a dominant tight end in terms of recruiting, we brought in Colin Simmons, courtesy of Jeff Banks. However that happened, I don't know, right? But he beat those allegations. But Bo Davis has yet to beat the allegations that he can't recruit yet, right? And obviously he can recruit because he's brought in some really good players. And I, like I said, I hope they all turn into all pros, right, eventually in the NFL. But if he loses on Dominic McKinley, tell me the one blue chip player he has brought in at his position in three years of recruiting besides Sadir Mitchell. And that's not going to cut it at the University of Texas. That's not going to cut it if you want to win at the highest level in the SEC. So, you know, it's not over yet. Obviously, we have to wait for Dominic McKinley to make his decision. And then, of course, recruit through the whistle <laughs> until December. But you just hope that he commits to Texas tomorrow and you hope that you can get him into this program, you know, because like I said, this is a really talented player, the type of player that Texas needs. And I just don't think, you know, this is the type of player that you can afford to miss on. Right. And keep missing on because, you know, these are the type of players that help you win at the highest level in the trenches. And that's something that Texas is trying to do for the first time 
in a long time. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're getting into the 32 players that are in the NFL from the University of Texas set to do big things in 2023. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Remember, terms and conditions do apply. All right, it's time to give our 32 Longhorns in the NFL some love. Forgive me, this was supposed to be in alphabetical order, but the way I started writing it in my notes, it's all over the place, right? So just bear with me. All right, from Seattle, we got Michael Dixon, the punter. Shout out Michael Dixon and Quandre Diggs, one of the best safeties in the NFL, courtesy of the University of Texas, expecting a big year for both of those guys. Washington, they are a division rival to my Cowboys, but I will be checking out Samuel Cosme on that offensive line this year. There should be a better offense in Washington this year under Eric Bieniemy. Of course, my Dallas Cowboys, DeMarvian Overshone, so sad that he tore his ACL, but I know that he's going to come back bigger and better next year, and he already said he'll be around the team all season so very excited for him to you know soak up the game you know uh you know kind of you know take it in stride this year you know unfortunately he has to take a year off on the field but you know maybe that could uh benefit him you know moving forward for the rest of his career carolina deshaun jameson he did not make the official 53 with the 49ers but was picked up on waivers by the panthers that's an exciting young team with bryce young at quarterback and hopefully deshaun jameson can make some plays on special teams and in the cornerback room in Chicago, right, they almost have an all-Texas running back room with Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson, two of the most beloved Longhorns ever. Deontay Foreman with the dope walker, and then we just know about Rojo, right? He's been, like I said, just a forever Longhorn, one of the most beloved Longhorns to put on that jersey. Now, they do have Justin Fields, who cosplays as a running back, you know, a lot, and they also have Khalil Herbert. But you would expect a lot of carries in Chicago to go to former and forever Longhorns Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson in Cincinnati. We have Joseph Osai and we know kind of the last time we saw Joseph Osai, it was not in a great moment. Right. And I think it was the AFC championship game or maybe the second round against the Chiefs. But, you know, he has another gear to, uh, you know, make up for that, redeem himself and hopefully get the Cincinnati Bengals back to the Super Bowl this year playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Right. In Cleveland, we have Marquise Goodwin. Good to see him in good health. He was dealing with some blood clots or something like that. Uh, that took him out the preseason, but he looks like he'll be good to go um, and catch passes from that guy up there in Cleveland. So hoping for a good year for Marquise Goodwin. In Denver, we have PJ Locke and Caden Stearns. I'm super excited for the Caden Stearns era in uh, Denver. Um, looking forward to him making plays. I think he has real pro bowl slash all pro potential that unfortunately he didn't get to display at the highest level at the University of Texas, but I'm hoping we see it in the NFL in Houston, Andrew Beck. He was making some crazy catches last year for the Broncos. We'll see what he does with the Texans this year and Hassan. All right, this is where the list was supposed to start, but we got Arizona. We got Chris Boyd. They got Keontae Ingram and Jeff Swain. So we got three Texas players on the roster. Should have been four, but the Arizona Cardinals are clearly tanking, and they cut my boy Colt McCoy, right, for no reason, so they could have a worse quarterback in there so they could lose more games and try to get Caleb Williams next year right so Colt McCoy should be on a roster he should be the starting quarterback for 
the Arizona Cardinals in week one while Carla Murray is recovering from an injury, but he's not because the Arizona Cardinals want to tank. And now my boy Colt McCoy is looking for a job. I would tell him to come to the Cowboys, but we just traded for Trey Lance for absolutely no reason. Right? So I don't know. All right. In the Atlanta Falcons, we got Taquan Graham. He's done some really good things on that defensive line the last few years. Atlanta hasn't been great, but now with their newest addition in B. John Robinson, who is expected to be one of the best offensive players in the NFL from day one, I think Atlanta can make some noise this year. I really like that team, and I used to live 45 minutes away from Atlanta, so I always root for the Falcons. I've always cared for the Falcons. Now I have even more reason with B. John Robinson, but I like that team. Kyle Pitts, B. John uh, Drake London, you know, not sure about Desmond Ritter, but they definitely have a lot of young talent that can make some noise uh, in the NFL. Going to Baltimore, we have Devin Duvernay, one of my all-time faves, and they have a lot of little small receivers, right? You know, Odell, uh, you know, Zay Flowers and Devin Duvernay, but hopefully Duvernay has a role because he's somebody that makes plays with the ball in his hands. And then Justin Tucker, right, the greatest kicker of all time, no debate, you know, the person that ended Texas A&M the last time that Texas played them, uh, he gets all the flowers. He gets all the Longhorn love. Can't wait to see him in the Hall of Fame one day. In Buffalo, big Puna Ford. Glad to see him being on a contender, you know, and hopefully he can push, you know, uh, Buffalo over the hump, the Bills. That's a big man. So if anybody can do it, he can. Indy, you know, we got our boy Sam Ellinger, and he is not the future. They brought in Anthony Richardson. Uh, but it's good to have a backup, um, a good solid backup like Sam Ellinger and somebody who I assume I would assume is a good locker room guy, right? We know what he did at Texas. We know what type of leader he was at Texas. So I would assume he's that same type of leader and player in the locker room in Indianapolis. And I think that's a good, you know, I think that's good for a young quarterback and Anthony Richardson, even though Sam Ellinger is a young quarterback himself. And, you know, you never know. I'm not wishing injury on anybody. Of course, I would never do that. I'm knocking on wood, hoping that Anthony Richardson does not get hurt, you know. But if he does, then Sam Ellinger may have the opportunity to go in there and showcase his skill set, maybe for the Indianapolis Colts or another team. Kansas City, we got Keandre Coburn, the big man playing for the defending champs. Uh, unfortunately, Anthony Cook did not make the roster, but that was a long shot as an undrafted uh, free agent. But nonetheless, we got snacks over there. Hope he got his furniture stuff uh, figured out. He was on Twitter like one day or like a couple of days complaining about how Ashley Furniture did not get his furniture out there to Kansas City. So hope he got his furniture for him and his new family and hope he's ready to ball out for Kansas City. And, you know, if they win another Super Bowl this year, my boy gets a ring. Right. So shout out to Keandre Coburn. And, you know, with this Chris Jones situation and him holding out, that could mean more playing time, you know, for Keandre Coburn. Chargers Cameron Dickert. You know, it's kind of a crazy scenario because he didn't get drafted last year, wasn't on a team, you know, felt like he wasn't even going to play in the NFL. And I think he was getting ready to go to like a Taylor Swift concert or something in Austin. And they told him to get ready to go to Philadelphia to kick. He ends up kicking a game winner for the Eagles, gets, you know, put on waivers, goes to the Chargers, kicks a game winner for them, ends up being their kicker for the rest of the season. And now they're long term kicker, right? So just shout out to Cameron Dicker, man, going through the motions, going through that grueling NFL process and finding himself a future and forever home, at least right now with the Los Angeles Chargers and not just being a kicker that bounce around on, on waivers. So uh, shout out to him. You know, excited to see him play as long as it's not against the Cowboys. Miami, we got Deshaun Elliott, Brandon Jones, and Connor Williams. I just want to say Connor Williams was on my Cowboys. He was not very good at the right guard position, but I felt like we could have kept him. You know, he moves on, goes to Miami, starts playing center, starts balling out, and plays way better than the center we have for the Cowboys. So that's just karma for Jerry Jones. We should have kept forever Longhorn Connor Williams on that offensive line. Minnesota, Jordan Hicks, one of the best linebackers 
in the league, maybe one of the more underrated linebackers in the league. New England, Calvin Anderson, Adrian Phillips, and Brendan Schooler. That's just a hilarious group of three players. But shout out to them. Hopefully, you know, they're out there learning the Patriot way and do some big things. The Saints, Malcolm Roach, and the Eagles, Moro Ojimo. So shout out to all 32 players that are forever Longhorns that are on NFL rosters this year. And I hope all of them, but DeMarvey and Overshone, of course, of course, of course, because of the ACL injury, ball out and do big things for their respective teams this season. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're getting into your crazy YouTube comments live on the show. All right, here we go. Reading uh, your YouTube comments on the show at my own risk. So this was when me and Nick... Uh, battle from Nino's Corner Sports did the Longhorn Fantasy Draft. Great to see the collab. Look forward to more. Excited for the season. Also, go Strohs from my boy J.S. Hooper, 78-19. Look, the Rangers are in third place now, you know, for the first time all year. We are imploding, you know, so I'll second that and say go Astros. <laughs> I'm just playing, but uh, shout out to Nino, for real. Go uh, subscribe to Nino's Corner Sports on YouTube. Um, definitely, you know, always great to collab with my brother, and we'll do it a lot more uh this season the next comment i'm gonna read and react to don't be bringing no light-skinned safeties in here look it's funny when you could just say something randomly on the podcast and it carries in it and last year i called jaron thompson a light-skinned safety he was missing interceptions i can still see the images of you know donovan smith from texas tech who's now at houston running uh you know jaron thompson over on a fourth down where Jaron Thompson had him in the backfield and Donovan Smith literally just carried him across the fourth down line. So like I said, that's my boy, one of my favorite players on the team. He's the reason that I heard Big X the plug for the first time. So shout out Jaron Thompson, man. But he was playing like a light skin safety last year. And I came on the podcast and said it. And I'm glad, you know, a year later, we're still talking about him being a light skin safety. But, you know, there's no disrespect to my, my, my fair skin brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to Jaron Thompson at all. I think he's going to ball out. I've already said I think he'll be first or second team all Big 12. So shout out to Jaron Thompson and shout out to you for putting me on Big X to plug. That's a really good rapper, man. All right, let's keep going. We got some crazy comments. You know, I did a show on Brett Yormark. So let's see. Let's get into that. Yormark definitely showed a lack of class and came across as a jerk in his biased remarks. Good luck with your rinky dink conference, Yormark. You won't have the two biggest brands to exploit anymore. That's from Larry Hillman, 3813. He said that with his chest. I could feel that through my YouTube comments. Everything runs through Lubbock. I hope the umpires are against Texas and Oklahoma for this year. I hate when people that aren't Texas fans find me, especially when they say crazy stuff like that. The ones that, you know, just sit back and listen and enjoy the show. Appreciate y'all. But like, why are Texas Tech fans on my feed? And why are they talking to me, expecting me to talk back? I said that USC was going to win the national championship. So there's always next year. 56-58 came on and said, USC, really? All they have is the quarterback. I mean, maybe that's all they need. <laughs> all right. This was pretty nuts to hear and definitely out of bounds, but it's going to backfire in a bad way. They're about to smash teams this year. If this defense is as good as all, we are all hearing, just have to play clean, complimentary football. It's going to be a long season getting to that Texas Tech game, and I'm probably going to have a ton of anxiety because that's just the type of game you don't want to lose. But I think you're right, right? You know, I think that Texas should win that game pretty handily. And I am pointing that game, the Brett Yormark Bowl. Y'all are so angry. Look, by the time you get to the Tech game, you will be at home stuffed with Turkey, and that game won't even matter to you because you already have three or four losses. Enjoy. Like I said, I hate when Texas Tech fans come on my feed and expect me to talk back. 
And I guess I am talking back on the podcast, but at least I'm getting paid to do it, right? I'm a businessman. Sark needs to set a record against Tech for the most points ever scored in an NCAA football game. Will, will Steve Sarkeesian and his team start scoring points in big football games? I apologize. That was kind of sassy. If you missed it, I said, will Texas and Steve Sarkeesian start scoring points in big games, period, right? Like I said, that was a little sassy. You're right. Texas will break the all-time scoring record against Texas Tech this year. <laughs> it's a shame that Sark is too much of a stand-up coach to do what needs to be done to Tech this year. I don't know. Last time we saw Sark on the field, he was cussing out a friendly worker you know, at the Alamo Bowl. So I don't know. I don't know if Sark is too nice to do anything, right? I just don't think Sark has the resume yet to pop his, but I think we'll start to see him pop his, you know what I'm saying, especially if we're in a position to go to the Big 12 championship game or for that Texas Tech game. All right. Let me get one more on the show. Texas has had bias towards them for decades in the polls, media, and perception overall. Big 12 refs have been bad for years and tend to lean towards the more popular team. Tech has gotten hosed on calls for years. Your Mark just pumping up his brand and the season tensions and talking points, in my opinion. He's a marketing guy. He's now got everyone circling that game on Good Friday. Can't wait to see it myself. You sure about that, Jason Bumgarner? Are you sure you can't wait to see Texas Tech lose by multiple touchdowns to the Texas Longhorns on senior night in DKR? Are you sure you're ready for that? Has has Brett Yormark marketed the Brett Yormark Bowl so much that you're excited to see Texas Tech lose by multiple touchdowns on the last game of the regular season, Jason? Are you? Advice to Texas Tech fans, please stop text, please stop talking to me. Expecting me to talk back. Cause I will. <laughs> Live on the show to get paid for it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns Park of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You may hear from me again before the season. You may not hear from me again before the season. Nonetheless, enjoy Saturday. You get to see Texas football. It's like Christmas for everybody on September 2nd. Hook them and peace.